I, I'm just speaking my truth. I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not ghost producing. I'm not doing any of that. I'm speaking my truth. Stay tuned. We'll get into my conversation with Real Housewives of Potomac star, Giselle Bryant, right after these quick ads. Hey, Raindrop. Yes, we got the queen of Potomac, baby, Giselle Bryant, on today's podcast. Y'all, I'm getting these exclusive interviews, honey. I am so excited to share with you all my conversation with Giselle. We get into everything. Candace, Chris Bassett, Robin, the Grand Dom, Sharice, how people say that Giselle is the ghost producer of the show. We talk about Jamal Bryant, admiration for each other. Yes, I love Giselle. (laughs) And Giselle loves me. You want to know why? Well, let me stop talking, honey, and get into my exclusive interview with Giselle Kobe Bryant. Oh, Lord Jesus. Let's just say I have been waiting on this conversation. Not this, this is not an interview, y'all. This is a conversation. I have been waiting for this conversation since I launched the podcast because this woman has made it on my top 10 of the greatest housewives of all time out of 150 people. And what's so crazy is she is the only person that made it on my list whose show was the most recent. So that goes to show you the impact this lady has of course, I'm talking about the one y'all love and the one y'all love to hate, Giselle Kobe Bryant. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Carl, okay, first and foremost, Carlos, let's let's keep it cute, okay? Because the last time we had an interview slash conversation, yeah, I was getting calls from Bravo like, why you say that and why you say this and why you say that. So I'm going to try to keep my good job, okay? So, you know. I'm just saying. Wait, did I get you in trouble? <laughs> of course ah! you did. Of course you did. Okay? But it's okay. It's okay because she's Giselle Kobe Bryant. Okay? <laughs> you better own it, sis. Listen, I just know that when it comes to you and I, you remind me of the girls I went to middle school and high school with. <laughs> is, is that good or bad? I'm confused. Oh, it's very good. Okay. It's very good. So, so in high school, you know, they had the mock election. Yeah. So I was voted most liked, because people like me, despite what you read. Uh, <laughs> I like you. I like you. I love, well, I love you, babe. <laughs> and I was voted class gossiper. Oh. Because women like yourself, like these beautiful girls I went to school with, they would just key key with me. And I would always be like, what is it about me to where all these women will get in trouble by the man, the teacher, once they talk to Carlos King. So I apologize. <laughs> Giselle, for getting you in trouble. That's not my intention, child. It's, it's okay. It's okay. I can take it. I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, as you all know, The Real Housewives of Potomac is my number one favorite franchise. And one thing I always tell my listeners, because, you know, they, they like to pick things apart and think it's shady— um, just because I said they're number one doesn't mean I'm shading other shows. Right. 
I think it's okay to give someone a compliment without y'all taking it as if, as if I'm dissing somebody. The Real Housewives of Potomac is my favorite housewife show right now. And a lot of it has to do with Giselle Kobe Bryant. And yes, I'm going to keep calling her that because she is the greatest housewife of all time on Potomac. Sorry, not sorry. But Giselle, where were you when you found out you made my top 10 list? I was home. I was home. It's so crazy that I, that I know that I was home. And I was just in the bed and I was like scrolling through my little Instagram and I saw it and I was like, hold up, what, what had happened? People kept sending me clips for me to listen to. So I listened to the whole thing and I was like, oh, that is so sweet. Thank you. And wait a minute, I have something to say. So we were at BravoCon and by the way, Carlos, you were not there. No. And um, there was a Potomac panel. Okay, so it's like all the Potomac ladies are, were being interviewed by, um, I believe the young lady's name is Gia. Gia Peppers. And yes, she's super sweet. And the room is like 3,000 packed. I mean, we was like staying in room only. So at the end, it was time for question and answers. And a guy gets up and he was like, well, I just want y'all to know that a queen is higher than a grand dame. And the queen is Giselle Kobe Bryant. And I was... <laughs> I said, look at this man listening to Carlos King. I said, Carlos King had made it to BravoCon, okay? Despite not getting invited to BravoCon, I still somehow was there in spirit. And that goes to show you the impact of of me. No, I'm teasing. You know, one thing I heard through a mutual friend of ours is you listened to that particular episode of my podcast. And when I gave my five to 10 minute dissertation of Giselle Kobe Bryant, I was told that you were so surprised by my breakdown. And I believe you asked someone like, how does he know all of that? Did y'all tell him this about me? What, 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 what surprised you about my breakdown? Well, first and foremost, I want to say, Carlos, like, thank you. Like, I, I know that A, you're a hard critic. B, you have worked with most housewives um, that are, you know, name worthy, the Ninis, the Bethany's, you know, you, you know, these ladies. And for you to put me in that kind of category is, is, you know, I, I truly, truly appreciate it because I know that if you really did not mean it, my name would not have been mentioned. Okay. I'm clear on that. So I, I do appreciate it. It's nice to know that somebody sees you and sees the work that you do and appreciates it. So I appreciate that. And but one another thing I want to say, I know I'm going off tangent. After he called me Giselle Kobe Bryant at BravoCon, he said, you know, like, what what's your chiropractor's name? Because you've been carrying this thing on your back, honey. I know your back hurts, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and that that's really sweet. But I do always say, you know, like we, we are a team, we do work together. There's no I in team, and um, some work harder than others, but I appreciate the ladies that I'm on this show with. No, and and I've had conversations with some of the ladies, Candace being most recent. And one thing I asked Candace, I said, is there a conversation that all of you have? No. About we have to be the best. And she was like, no, we she said we don't, it's never been an official conversation, but we all do feel like we want to be number one. But I want to go back to you. You have always, based on the pictures I've seen, your yearbook photos, your college photos, you have always been this strikingly beautiful woman. I mean, 
I met you in person, and we'll get into that <laughs> later. Guys, Giselle is top three of the most beautiful women on Bravo. She is gorgeous. She's more pretty in person than on, on, on television. I mean, you're a baddie on TV too, girl. But in person, she had on no makeup. Her hair was in a bun. We were in her bedroom. She wasn't uncomfortable with me like Chris, so that's that's fine. <laughs> yes! <laughs> shade, no shade. Um, it was me, um, Giselle, Robin, and now that she's been announced, Sharice was there yeah. as well. And Giselle is funny. We had a good hour-long conversation. I had to be peeled away <laughs> from that. But going back to you, did you always know that you were a star? No. No. Not at all. I knew that I um, was, was viewed as a very pretty girl and then a beautiful young lady. I knew that. Because, um, you know, when I was very young, and I think I've talked about this before, women would come up to my mother and ask her why she put makeup on me. And my mother would be like, no, bitch, she beautiful. Like, she is a makeup free. I don't understand why you're asking me these questions. Um, and that was very strange to me. And then when I got older, um, people always just, you know, commented that I was very pretty. And that's very nice. You know, I always give credit to my parents. I think my parents are... Um, super attractive people and they created me. So, you know, I never took that in as like, oh my gosh, I'm the bomb because I'm beautiful because I, it didn't have anything to do with me. Um, now, if you want to talk about my brains, if you want to talk about, you know, my my personality and everything else, well, that's me. As far as the star is concerned, no, I'm just, I'm just Giselle. Not even as a first lady, because, you know, I'm very spiritual. I'm black. So we all grew up in a black <laughs> church. And the first lady is the queen of the church. <laughs> like, yes. you bow down to the first lady. So even as the first lady of the church and being as beautiful as you are, did were you treated like you were famous? Um, yes. But I took that as all first ladies are. All first ladies are revered and... Um, treated special and given accommodations and all of that. So I didn't take that as, oh my gosh, I'm a star because I'm a first lady and all these people are bowing down. Like, no, my, I'm, I'm being called first lady because I, of who I married. Like he's the star, not me. Mm. Um, so, you know, a first lady role, though it, it sounds cute, but it's really a backseat role to the man that you married. Mm. So it wasn't until, like I, it wasn't until kind of like now that I've been able to be on this show, build my brand, start some businesses, you know, hold my own period, just my own without a man that I feel like, wow, okay, she's the shit. Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> and that you are. How did you become a, a housewife? Because again, you were always beautiful. You were always smart. You went to Hampton University. You are an AKA sorority sister. And after you divorced Jamal Bryant and you were a single mom, what made you say yes to being on television if that wasn't the path that you wanted in your life? Uh, they asked me. And to be quite honest, I was like, well, you know, I wasn't really doing much at the time. I was just raising my kids and being, you know, my beautiful self. I was like, sure, when would this opportunity ever come again? I have nothing to lose. I have everything to gain. 
I talked to my kids about it, who were very young at the time, but I talked to them. I was like, you know, how do you feel about mommy being on TV? And they was like, yay. So I got their approval. Um, I talked to Jamal about it. He and his concerns were, I know you're funny. I know you're cool, um, but you're beautiful. And that is perceived differently. So you might not like, so your funniness and your coolness might not come through and people are going to hate you. So I, I understood that. And I told him, I was like, yo, I'm just going to be me. And people who, people who like me, they like me. If you don't, you don't. When I first saw you on that show, I instantly was drawn to you. Um, and Jamal is right. You're, you're a very beautiful woman. And we saw that. And I remember talking to my friends like, how interesting is it that she's beautiful, but she's also funny? And she, she's likable. And... I, I really knew that from the first episode when you and the Grand Dame got into it on the Crab Bowl, right? I knew that there was something special on the horizon. Now, I knew that you were the star of the show then, and clearly you're still the star of the show now. But first season, I thought the first season wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I thought the first season wasn't that great is because I felt the focus was too much on this whole, like, etiquette thing. And as a Black person, as a producer, as a, I told you, as a man who grew up with women in high school and stuff, I was like, there's much more to these ladies than that. Now that you are considered the unofficial executive producer of Potomac, (laughs) when you look back on season one, do you think season one was great? And were you surprised to get a second season? No, was not surprised to get a second season. And I'm going to say this. I probably have never said this publicly. When we were filming season one, um, I felt it. You know how you feel like something is special and you feel like something is good? I felt it. And I felt the chemistry with Karen, with Ashley. Robin was always my girl. So that, of course, I had chemistry with Robin, with Sharice. Like, I just felt like this is something special. Now... We would talk about etiquette and we would talk about things that didn't want, didn't nobody care about. But I just knew that we were different and people just needed to understand that we were different than what they were seeing as far as black women were concerned on television. Um, and we were talking about different things. And I just, I just, I, by no means that I was I shocked that we got a second season. By no Did means. you like the first season? Um, to be honest with you, Carlos, I don't remember it, but <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that it need it was a good intro. Like it was like the network was trying to figure out what direction to take us. Yes. Right? And it wasn't us. Like we were we were the same, we're the same girls. But except Karen, you know, she's she's more grand these days. But um I think it was a network thing, not a Potomac ladies thing. Mm. No and shade I have, to the network. No shade to the no, network. No, no, no. It's, it's no shade to the network. Listen, we, 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 you're talking to an experienced reality producer, so I understand what you mean when you say that. My belief is this. When this show first came on, it was how can we differentiate this from Atlanta Housewives? Let's, yes. let's just call it a spade a spade. Yes. Um, Atlanta Housewives is the first black Housewives franchise, and then Potomac is the second. And I think the intention going in was... How can we differentiate this from Atlanta? Yeah. Um, and that's why I said first season, I felt like what you said, 
I, I was drawn to you more than anybody on the show. And then secondly, I felt that, okay, they deserve another chance because I don't believe... I don't believe any show should get canceled after the first season. I think the first season is your introduction to the world. And then, baby, when season two happened and you walked up in Monique's house (laughs) and you and your BFF, who I love, who's also a Libra like me, (laughs) y'all were so messy. And I remember... Um, contacted one of the producers because she gave me some sneak peeks of, like, the first three episodes. Yeah. And I said, bitch, this <laughs> season is everything. And <laughs> I felt that something clicked in your head. And I think season two is when the ghost producing, the executive <laughs> producer, Giselle, was birthed. Do you agree with that? <laughs> um, Probably so. Because you have the if anybody that you know that has worked with me from a producer perspective, they will tell you, A, Giselle listens. And, you know, she takes notes. I don't think the, that the producers are my enemy. I feel like we have a working relationship. Are they going to throw me under the bus at some point? Of course. But it's a working relationship. But at, So season one, I was just learning. Season two, I was like, I'm off to the races, bitch. Unleash me. <laughs> Yes. I reached my ass. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> yes. No, it was, it, it made me fall in love with the show even more. And I was like, this show is really, really, really good. And now it's the best franchise to me because I feel like everyone clocks in and works. And one thing that people have said about you, Giselle, is who is the face of the show? And a lot of people feel like it's between you and Karen. Um, but when it comes to you and Karen, this is my belief, and I would love for you to either dispel this or agree with this. I feel like you and Karen are in on the joke. <laughs> I don't I don't think you and Karen care about who's in the center. Uh-huh. I don't think you and Karen care about who's the star of the show. I think you and Karen care about what can she and I do collectively to make this show number one. And although you two have your own fan bases, I think you and Karen leave set, have a good kiki, and y'all don't take anything personally. Uh, I'm going to say Karen was, was not always that way. Karen had to get there. Karen got there. You know, I've never cared from day one. Like, I don't care what these hoes say about me. I don't care at all. Like, Karen gets it. Karen understands but Karen and I have a genuine, real dynamic. We genuinely like to get on each other's nerves, but then we can have a genuine drink. We can have a genuine kiki. So she gets it now. Now we're not, I've heard you say this before, and we're, and we're not we're not totally there yet that we leave the scene and we're like, hee, hee, hee. But we do sometimes leave and we're like, that was some good shit. That, that right there was some good shit. <laughs> Because I, I I I noticed that when Karen mentioned at the reunion, I forgot which reunion this was, but she was like, "Oh, baby, no one's better at shade than me and Giselle." Like yes. she, it was like this pride that she had. So, um, although you guys throw shade at each other and y'all leave like, "Girl, that was good." When she called you a Hampton University whore, <laughs> and you have a hot box, 
<laughs> as if yes. there's a chlamydia <laughs> situation going on. Yes, yes, yes. How did you feel about that, knowing that these women seem to always go to your vagina as a way to insult you? <laughs> right. Um, several things. One, I'm, I'm, you know, yes, I went to Hampton, and yes, I graduated, Karen. You did not. And <laughs> yes, um, I'm very proud of Hampton. I just went, I just came from the homecoming. I brought my daughters down there. Um, you know, Karen, a lot of times, doesn't know what to say. Right. We, we've jabbed at each other so much. She want to come up with new shit. Um, so, you know, that was cute. But you have to keep in mind, Karen, I'm formally educated. You're not. So just leave the colleges out of it. Right. That's number one. Number two, my hot box is or, or vagina or whatever I got going on between my legs. Y'all just mad because I'm single. I can do whatever I want with it. Y'all try to sneak and do what you want with it. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so look, I love the grand dom. I think Karen. I think Karen was meant for reality television, like you were. Um, when it comes to this show, though, a lot of people have questioned Robin's relevance on this show. And she's somebody who I met, who I love, and, and this is not me saying this about Robin. I think Robin's very relevant on the show, and, and I'll, I'll explain why later. But a lot of people feel that um, Robin is your lap dog. They think Robin um, is afraid to ever disagree with you, and they don't understand why Robin is still on the show. Now, <laughs> someone who's your best friend, and obviously you being the unofficial executive producer of the show— how do you feel when people say those things about Robin? It bothers me for several reasons. One, there's been many a times where Robin and I have disagreed on the show past years and they don't show it. So it's like she's showing that she doesn't agree with me all the time. She's showing that she has her own voice, which she does, which, you know, if you want to hear more of her voice, go to Reasonably Shady and go, go on and listen to the podcast. But it bothers me because I know that that's not her and that's not... Um, a great, you know, description of her. Um, but Robin is necessary and needed for the show. Look, you cannot have seven Giselles. You cannot have seven Karens. You need diversity within the people that are there. And you need people to show up authentically. Authentically, Robin is more of a of like a peacemaker. You know, Robin is somebody that wants to do her research, um, you know, dot all of her I's, cross all of her T's before she speaks. Giselle just speaks. Karen just speaks. You know what I mean? So Ashley just is going to speak to you and do a flip and twirl her hair and then come back and speak again. So, you know, Robin's dynamic, though it's not rah-rah and it's not in your face, it's more like laid back. And we need that. I have, and I've said this a million times, I have, I always fight for the show. Um, if you talk to anybody at Bravo, they let you know Giselle's the, like the number one champion for the show. Um, and that comes with how many episodes we have. That comes with, with how much we get paid. That comes with all of it. Like, I don't fight for Giselle. I fight for the ladies. I fight for the show. And a fight for Robin is like, look, without Robin, how the hell do we have peace? We don't. Like, she is... Um, the dynamic that we always need. Now, I don't feel like I have to continue to fight that fight. I think Bravo gets it. They understand what Robin brings to the show. 
But yeah, that has been in the past something that has bothered me for sure. Yeah, and, and listen, as somebody who's produced Atlanta for eight years, Jersey for two years, and just create reality shows, you need a Robin. You don't need yeah. seven Giselles. You don't need no. seven Nene Leaks or seven <laughs> Porsches. It, it's, I don't think people understand that the reality ensembles is reflective of your friendship group in real life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, in my life, I don't have a bunch of Carlos Kings around me. I would drive myself <laughs> crazy if I did. I have a friend named Kamar, who you know. And me and Kamar, yeah. although we like the same things, he's much more calm. I'm yes. much more whimsical. And, and you need that sort of balance in your real life. Um, and, and, and one thing about Robin that I will say, and we're seeing it this season, she disagrees with you when it comes to how Chris made you feel uncomfortable. And I want to touch on that a little bit because... I know I made a joke earlier about like, well, girl, I was in your bedroom with you, you know, <laughs> Robin and Cherise, although we weren't alone. What made you feel uncomfortable? Because I, I have a theory based on that, and but I'm curious in terms of if I'm right or wrong, in, in the sense of, was it that Chris himself, let, let's look at Chris the human being, right? Okay. Was it Chris the human being making you feel uncomfortable or... Was it just the optics of a man being in your room making you uncomfortable? It could have been Chris Bassett, Chris Samuels, Christopher Williams, or Chris Evans. Was it the idea of the fact that a man was in your room? Or was it really about Chris Bassett, the human being? I think it was both. To be honest with you, it was both. You know, that, that evening, Chris was very drunk at that point of the night. I didn't get it. I didn't get why he wanted to have his conversation. We could, have, we could have talked in the hallway. I didn't get why he wanted to go to my room. Um, so once we were there, it just made me feel uncomfortable. You know how you get that pit in your stomach? That's what I had. And that is what I've said. I have never said this man lured me. I've never said he preyed on me. I've never said that I was accusing him of sexual assault, even though, you know, the other side is talking real crazy. I said he made me feel uncomfortable and I have that right to feel that way. I never thought that he would lie and say that I asked him to go to my room. That's a lie and that's disturbing. I think that if a woman tells a man, hey, when you did this, this made me feel uncomfortable. I think a man should be like, I'm sorry. And we move on. That's it. No, I agree with you. And and. Uh, an example I'll give is, listen, I'm a gay man, so clearly I'm not attracted to women in that sense. Right. But I know that, I never shared this story, so this is an exclusive for you guys. I worked at a mining exchange on Fifth Avenue in New York City years ago when I was interning at BET. Because a boy had to, you know, afford chicken and nuggets at Wendy's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so long story short, I was a salesperson. And a woman uh, was looking for a dress. And I remember um, finding her dress, and I was like, what size are you? And she said, oh, I don't know. And I remember um, touching her arms to give her a twirl so I can, like, examine. And I saw that she was uncomfortable. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. And she said, yeah, I don't, I don't want a man touching me. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. And she said, look, I know you're gay. Um, <laughs> I just don't like that. And I remember thinking like, okay, cool. I'm sorry. My bad. My intention clearly wasn't sexual because I'm not sexually attracted to women. 
But if this woman is telling me she feels uncomfortable, then look, you're you're uncomfortable, and the rest was history. But but she said it to me. So my question to you is: Is there a reason why you never said it to Chris and you guys continue to be around each other? I wasn't gonna say anything at all, and because I feel like you know. This has happened to me before when it, when it comes to a married man. Not, not this particular situation, but like married men have put me in a situation that has made me feel uncomfortable. I, I, just, I just felt like, okay, I'm not going to say nothing. But then as the season started and he started DMing Ashley and he DMs me, it just was like, whoa, he's doing too much. And A, his wife needs to know. I was just going to tell Candace, and well, I, I did tell Candace, um, so that she needs to know, like, Chris might feel comfortable doing these things, but the other side, the recipients, don't feel comfortable. So, like, just check your man and let's move on. Like, I never thought, Carlos, this was going to blow up to be, you know, this big thing. Like, I seriously thought that she was going to go home and be like, yo, you made yourself feel uncomfortable. He was going to be like, yo, I'm sorry. And that was it. I have no idea why we're still talking about this. None. Ooh, Giselle! Let me take a break first, child. Y'all know I hate to do this, but we'll be right back with more from the Queen of Potomac, Giselle, right after this quick break. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my conversation with Giselle Kobe Bryant. How do you feel when people say, Giselle, your ghost producing has gone too far. Um, you are now... <laughs> a lot of people... I, I know you're off Twitter, which, by the way, very smart. Don't go on Twitter. Yeah. Um, a lot of people on Twitter are like, Giselle, your ghost producing has gone too far. To make this a storyline to where you are ruining Chris Bass's reputation just for a storyline... How do you feel when people say that you created this because you just wanted to, you know, make the show great this season? <laughs> um, I, I'm just speaking my truth. I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not ghost producing. I'm not doing any of that. I'm speaking my truth. What happened, happened, and that's it. Um, you know, you might want to talk to Candace. I think Candace has made this a bigger issue and a bigger deal than Giselle. Mm. Oh, why would you say that? For those reasons. You know, she went home and she told her husband that I said he lured me. I never said that. She said that he was preying on me. I never said that. I, you know, though all of all of that extra hot sauce on the on the issue didn't need to happen. I, I think that, you know, again, this was blown out of proportion for no reason. And no, I'm not trying to make Chris Bassett look bad, but sir. And I'm speaking to everybody. Whatever it is that you do in this world, you got to own it. You made somebody feel uncomfortable. Just own it, apologize, and keep it pushing. It's not that big of a deal. Candace was on my podcast, and obviously she's dealing with this in real time. And she was very upset um, with the accusations, of course, in terms of just, just this whole narrative about... What's the her- accusation, Carlos? Well, that's the thing. Based on what... And again, this isn't me saying this, obviously. And one thing I love about my reality girls is they know when I interview people, I don't put myself in it. I ask questions. They answer and I keep it moving. Okay. Um, Candace made it made it very clear that she felt there there was like this, um, this conspiracy theory about setting her husband up. 
What we saw in this previous episode was her talk to Eric Fuller, who's my mentee, who's a fantastic <laughs> showrunner, um, about are we about to make this a storyline? And Candace said she felt like this was made up to be a storyline. She insulted you. She said nobody wants your 50-year-old puss. She said not today Satan, not today neck, not today ankles. Um, how do you feel to know that Candace really does feel like you set this up? It's not true. And she knows it's not true. And I get it. Like, she's trying to save face, I guess. Um, but, you know, Candace is the reason why I wasn't going to say anything, because nobody has ever asked me, why weren't you going to say anything, Giselle? It's because Candace is emotionally very immature. And because of that, you know, I just emotionally, I know that she has a hard time processing anything. We've seen it. Um, and everything I know about her, she's emotionally like in high school. So I wasn't going to say anything because I'm like, ah, Candace is not a grown woman. A grown woman would have been like, gone home and been like, boy, what happened? What you say to Giselle? Go apologize to that girl. That's grown woman. Candace is not there. I think that, again, there's no reason why we should still be talking about this, Carlos. This, this, Out of all the stuff that happens in reality television, this is like minuscule. This is kid stuff. This is like one conversation and we're done. And you know, and I know, and she knows, the more you talk about it, the more you make it into a story. Okay? So. Now, that is true. That is true. I was dealing with this on my other show. I said, well, if you feel uncomfortable with what happened, don't talk about it. But this person kept talking about it. I was like, well, I guess we got to talk about it <laughs> because that's all you can talk about. So I do agree with you there. And I want to close this subject by, by saying something that just hit me. Because, you know, I, I want you to be honest, and I feel like you are being honest because it's your truth, right? You said it should have been a conversation between her and her husband. In a perfect world, he would have apologized, and that would have been it. It made me think about you and Jamal's relationship post-divorce, when y'all okay. were working to get back together. And the infamous reunion, Monique's binder all these accusations about Jamal Bryant, his phone number, his, his penis, all these things. <laughs> and what is interesting, now that I'm really listening to you, because I, I want people to really listen to what you said and follow the history of you, when all those things were thrown at you, you sat there and you didn't say anything, you commented once or twice, but you kept it moving. And I'm now realizing that your strategy, even dealing with that, this being your ex-husband, your daughter's father, these wild accusations of inappropriate relationships with, you know, alleged church members and all this other stuff, you never once really made it a big deal. Is that because you did not want to make this the big storyline of that season? I didn't make it a big deal because it wasn't. Mm. Um, Andy asked me 14 times, well, Giselle, do you want to comment? Do you want to comment? What's your comment, Giselle? Giselle, what do you have to say? What do you have to say, Giselle? Giselle. And I didn't have anything to say. I know me and Jamal's truth, and I don't need to explain that to those girls, to the binder girl, to the world. I know it, and Jamal knows it. That's all that matters So to me. And that's how I deal with things. Like, I'm not here to do three theatrics and explain a bunch of stuff that ain't y'all's business. Not everything's y'all's business. So, and when it comes to Jamal, a lot of it ain't y'all's business. Cause yes, that is the, the children, my children's father. 
That's somebody that's going to be in my life to the day I die. That's somebody that I love and respect. So, yeah, that, that's not for y'all. What is your current relationship like now with Jamal? We're great. Jamal and I are great. I rely on him for a lot of things. Um, like, for instance, this morning, I need um, an African dress makeup for Portia's wedding. That's a whole other story. Me uh, too. <laughs> well, well, not a dress. I'm getting a suit made, but continue. Yes. So, like, you know, I hit him up for that. I was in Hampton. I needed a lot of stuff when I was going down there. He, like, Jamal's my guy, and, and he always will be. And one thing I want to let the listeners know, which I don't think they know this, I know Jamal Bryan as well. And he had nothing but great things to say about you. He said, my wife has always been a star. um, And now she is one. And the world gets to see it. And the things that, listen, I'm not in Jamal's bedroom. So I'm never (laughs) going to address what Jamal does in his personal life. What I want the audience to know and the listeners to know is... Jamal is a cool guy. He's He was nice to myself and the crew and the staff around him. My realtor is his realtor. Oh, I love her. She loves you. She loves yeah. you. Um, so when people said that this relationship was fake, the only thing I could say to you is when I was trying to work with Jamal, um, Giselle was flying to Atlanta, y'all, almost every week or the other week, child. And it was a real relationship. And... You deserve happiness, and the audience really wants you to be happy in a relationship. Where are things now with you and a man? Are you dating somebody exclusively right now? Exclusively, no, Carlos. Um, Yes, I'm dating. I feel like it's not my time for that right now. I, you know, I have these grown daughters that I live with that are leaving me, and I really want to I've, I've, I've chosen to make this time about them. When they're gone in a year and a half, when they all three are gone, then I'm going to do me and I'm going to do me in a big way and y'all not going to be able to stop me from doing me, okay? But I really just want to give my kids my time. I do. I think that's beautiful. And one thing people will say about you, Giselle, your haters will even say, Giselle is a great mom. And yeah. they love seeing you film scenes with your daughters. So it's plausible, obviously, that, and and it's beautiful, too, the fact that you're choosing this time to spend with your children because they are getting older, and soon enough, they will be at the house. And I'm pretty sure a nice chocolate man, because I heard you like dark-skinned men. (laughs) I heard you like dark-skinned men who are very smart, very successful, likes to spoil um, a woman, and, you know... All those things. So you got your own Mr. Chocolate in the waiting. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I do want to say this, though, about about that subject, because it infuriates me when women always want to be like, oh, she don't have a man. She don't have a man. As if that's the only reason why women wake up in the morning to find one. I think that we do ourselves a disservice by acting like that's all we're good for is being connected to a man. That, that's all I want to say about that. So women, we need to do better because that's not even what life is all about. Like if you really live it, that's not what life is all about. So that's all I want to say about that. Yeah, now look, and, and I think, listen, one of the things about these reality shows is the biggest diss that I've seen is, is whether someone's looks 
or someone's lack of man, meaning husband or things like that. So I, I do think a lot of the audience, they don't like that. They feel like a woman is able to be happy without, you know, a man. Does it sometimes hurt you when people say these nasty things about you? No, no. I think the minute that I allow that to happen, something's wrong with me. Like, I'm, I'm cuckoo and I'm crazy. If I allow uh, people I don't know to affect my day, <laughs> um, yeah, no, absolutely not. My mommy loves me. My daddy loves me. My kids think that I'm their, their shero. That's all I care about. And when you're out in the public, I'm pretty sure you have never met a hater. And that's never. the thing that I want people to know. Because at BravoCon, they have footage of, you know, you with the fans. And there was a fucking, like, pandemonium <laughs> when it comes to you. And what's so funny is, I always tell people, social media is not the real world. Because if you think social media is real, you would believe Giselle Bryant is the most hated housewife <laughs> next to Lisa Renna. And when you were at BravoCon, there was so much love for you. Like, th yeah. does that also make you realize that I know what's real, I know what's not? Yeah, actually, Andy and I had this conversation. I just did Watch What Happens Live. So we, we, were, we were fresh off of BravoCon, so we were able to, like, talk about the feeling of it. And first and foremost, we filmed these shows in a bubble. We do our show, we put it out there to the world, and you know, social media does what it does. And it's typically negative, right? So to go to a BravoCon and it's nothing but love. It's nothing but people screaming your name and telling you um, in episode two of season four, you said blah, 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 and I loved it, and that changed my life. Like, what? Like, it's amazing to get that kind of love from people, especially when you you go years of hearing nothing but that bitch need to die. She's an old hag. She ain't shit. Like, you know, it's it, it was a good balance. Speaking of balance, let's talk about the balance between Karen and Sharice, or should I say lack thereof. <laughs> We've seen what? three episodes so far, and Karen is avoiding Cherise as if her name is COVID. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I feel like Karen has a hazmat to avoid Cherise. I think Karen has a vaccination to avoid Cherise. <laughs> and I love Karen, so this is like just fun shade. But what does Cherise have on Karen to the point where Karen is making every excuse in the book not to be around this woman? A very good question. Now, that's a very good question. So we got to wait and see. However, I'm like, Karen, girl, it, it really shocked all of us that Karen went so hard in the paint, avoiding Cherise, you know, saying she wasn't going to, I'm not filming with her. Oh, no, Giselle. Cherise, what do you mean? Why is she here? Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to give her that kind of life. Like, all of that was happening when we weren't filming. Like, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, Cherise is a day oneer. Cherise is an OG. Cherise has been around us even, Cherise has been around us even when she wasn't on the show. So, like, I, don't, I didn't get it. But then we'll see what happens. But let's be clear. Does Sharice have a lot of um, tea on Karen? Uh, yes, she does. And it will be spilled. The tea will be spilled, people. Don't you worry.
Is the tea that Karen allegedly has stepped out on her marriage? Carlos, I can't say all that. I'm getting a phone call from Bravo now. <laughs> but I'm going to say... <laughs> I hate these phone calls. I'm going to say that um, Sharice has tea that we've all known, but we just didn't spill it. Now, now, did you hear what I said? When... Karen was screaming, Giselle's broke and she's a whore and she's a this and Hampton and the hot box and the sing sing and the wing wing and all that nonsense. Giselle still kept everything in the back pocket because I don't need to do that. And sometimes people need to secretly call me when we finish filming and say, thank you. Thank you, Giselle, because I didn't say it. But once the tea is spilled, now I'm going to talk about it. But I gotta wait for some, you know somebody else build it, not me. Okay, one last thing, we're gonna move on because you know <laughs> I am a huge fan of Giselle Kobe Bryant. So <laughs> I remember that scene was last season, episode one, that spilled over into episode two, the first act. So you wore this beautiful brown leather outfit. Your hair was in a Beyonce single ladies um, bun, <laughs> right? And me and my partner, first of all. I think he loves you more than I do. He's obsessed <laughs> with you. So he and I were watching the episode, and you said something to Karen. Don't worry. Don't worry. I won't spill it today. I will spill it over time. <laughs> and then you you had like, you, 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 it, it was like this imaginary dust that you were sprinkling <laughs> over the table when you said, I'm not going to spill it now. I'll just spill it over time. Just, just answer this for me, and I'll move on. The stuff that's being revealed this season... Was that what you were talking about when you made that statement? Yes. But, <laughs> but, and even when, and even, even a, a lot is spilled, and I still got more that I still haven't said. And guess what? Karen doesn't even need to worry. Because 9.9 times out of 10, I'm going to keep it to myself. Because not everything is for y'all. Because I'm, I'm, I'm actually a really nice person. So, like, not everything is for the people. So I'm, I'm probably going to keep it to myself. Ooh, I can't wait until this. Okay, 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 okay. Let me, let me stop fangirling. I, it was nice to see you and Mia get past the cancer. Don't care. <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh uh, because it's, you, that word is funny, funny. But you guys, it's not funny. That word is not funny. So guys, don't read me. But it's, it, it's more so of Giselle's delivery. statement. It's yes. delivery. Thank you. So much so, I was texting with Giselle and I said to her something like, I, I, you know, I love you. This episode was great. And then she made that statement like, did you love this part? I said, oh, no, bitch. There's something else that I love. What I love about you is you know how to enter a scene, give a moment, and make all of us laugh. And I just have to say that was great. But <laughs> when you and I were in your bedroom with Robin and Sharice, and I'm not going to spill what happened because y'all have to stay tuned. A very big moment happened the night before. Mm-hmm. And this, I, I'm going to say this because I want you guys to know who Giselle really is. So after we all had this fangirl moment in the room, Giselle made a comment that struck me. And I was like, I wish people saw this side of you. Giselle said, Mia is great for this show. And despite what's going on, you know, with, with us, despite what's going on this season with she and I, Mia is good for this show. 
And we, we talked about other people, and you had nothing but nice things to say about other people as it relates to their position on the show. What makes you able to switch from the shade people throw at you to also acknowledge that, look, at the end of the day, we're a team, and this castmate is great for the collective? Um, for that reason, because the shade that you throw me is good for the show. The, th- the shade that I throw you is good for the show. If this, people need to like actually relax and realize this is a television show and this is entertainment. And, you know, don't ever, you know, Giselle never takes anything too personally. And we all get something called a paycheck. We get a wire sent to our bank account. That means we're working. So this is business, right? And yes, it's personal business, so to speak, but I understand the big picture and I never lose sight of it. And in, and in the big picture, you, can, you should throw shade at me. I used to tell Sharice all the time, girl, if you need to cuss me because you're mad, go head on and do it because this is a television show in which one we're one being real is how you really feel. And I'm never going to be mad if I feel like it's great for the show. Never. I might be mad in a moment, but later I'll be like, bitch, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're one of the greatest housewives of all time and also a force multiplier. So with that being said, thank you so much for doing this. You know, I am a big fan of yours. I love you. I adore you. Before you leave, Tease to us what's to come, not only on the rest of the season of Potomac, but also a little taste of what we can expect from Ultimate Girls Trip 3. Ooh! Okay, let's talk about Girls Trip 3 first. Because I know that you love Portia. Yes. And... (laughs) Love. And, you know, Portia, when when Portia and I did chat room, Bravo's chat room, that was um, a, what do you call those? things, uh, Zoom type of show. Yes, virtual. Um, uh-huh. Virtual, a virtual show. We had like so much chemistry and so much love for each other. And we talked about being on a trip together just as girlfriends. And then here comes, all right, we want y'all to go to Thailand. So we were, Portia and I were so excited to be there together. And we kiki and acted like straight fools for eight days, which was amazing. Um, it is a it is a great combination of drama, hilarious, and um, what do you call those things that they make us do all the time, Carlos? Activities <laughs> and stupid ass activities. Okay, so it's stupid ass activities that do nothing but make drama, and it's very very funny. It is. I, I mean, I don't want to speak on the other two that have come, but I feel like this thing that we did in Thailand is amazing. Now, let's get to the Real Housewives of Potomac. So, Real Housewives of Potomac, guys, y'all think these three episodes have been good? Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. It is great. It is nonstop. I love how this season, we did not hold anything for too long. So, we had me and the cancer. Yeah, we done with that. We had, you know, me and Candace in the Chris situation. Yeah, I think we're done with that. We, we just keep moving and moving and moving because so much is happening. It is like a moving target. 
So Miami is out of control. Carlos can attest to that a little bit because he was there. And by the way, when Carlos and I did meet in person, like I think I was naked in the bed, I think. <laughs> yes, and, you were. Uh, <laughs> and I did feel comfortable. Thank you, Carlos. Um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, I, I, I do love this season. I really feel like it's our best season yet. Yes. Okay. Giselle, what can people follow you and support you, my love? Um, I am on all social media um, things. I am Giselle Bryant. Now, that Twitter, y'all can have that. Um, but <laughs> hit, hit me on that Instagram. Um, also, you know, Rod and I have our Reasonably Shady. It drops every Monday. So um, an episode dropped today. And, um, oh, Robin and I are doing a live show in New York, November 26th. So if you, after you've eaten your turkey and cussed your family out, Come hang out with me and Robin. Yes. Well, thank you, Giselle Kobe Bryant, for <laughs> blessing the kingdom with your presence, babe. Yes. Thank you. I love you. Oh, Avi, you already know the film is mutual. Yes! I love Giselle. Sorry, not sorry. I do. I think she's funny. She's gorgeous. She is so smart. And she's reasonably shady. How can you not love Giselle? My thing is this. If you are a fan of reality television, then you have to be a fan of Giselle. She is such a force multiplier that when she enters a scene, she knows what she's doing. And as a producer of reality TV, baby, that's what I like to work with. How funny is it that Giselle is at BravoCon and my raindrops, when I say that melt in my heart, my raindrops. <laughs> the fact that one of y'all said... Giselle Kobe Bryant. I mean, I love y'all. Y'all show me so much love and support that, I mean, look, y'all will never, ever, 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 ever understand how much that means to me. So thank you for shouting me out at BravoCon. And look, we have so much more to do with Giselle. Hopefully, I won't get her in trouble this time. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag Reality with the King. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley Brown. We are also produced by Lashik Lotus Lee and LaPortia Thomas. Additional production support by Corinne Wallace and Alexis Williams. Engineering and music by Marcus Hong. More sauce.